0: A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne, there were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God, Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, round the throne, were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all round, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. What a fun passage we have this morning.
1: (laughs) let's pray Lord I thank you for the power of your word and my prayer this morning is that you can open our eyes and our hearts to the wonder of who you are in a fresh way this morning amen in my bedroom I have this little whiteboard which is at the foot of my bed And because of that, it's the first thing I see when I wake up in the morning, and it's the last thing I see when I go to bed at night. And so because of that, I tend to put something on this whiteboard that helps to remind me of who God is, whether that is a Bible verse or whether it's things that I want to be praying about. And I brought that whiteboard with me this morning because at the start of January, this is what I wrote on it. You are worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory. And I've realized that these lyrics to a worship song are actually the words of verse 11 of our passage. Now I wrote these lyrics on this whiteboard long before I knew that this was the passage that I was going to be speaking on this morning. And these lyrics are ones that have been speaking to me and working in me for around about nine weeks now. Now, it took me a little bit longer than I care to admit to make the connection between what I had written in my bedroom for nine weeks and the passage that we have this morning. And so my initial reaction when I found out I was going to be preaching on the book of Revelation which has a reputation for being one of the most complex and hard to understand books. um, My initial reaction was probably one I shouldn't repeat in church because I didn't have very nice thoughts towards Dave Richards. Um, (coughs) mm -hmm. Don't worry I've said them to his face so it's fine. (laughs) As you can imagine it was then a real deep and utter joy to discover this passage was full of strange beasts with lots of wings and eyeballs everywhere. If I'm completely honest with you though I think the anxiety I've had towards preparing this talk this morning has a lot less to do with the book of Revelation and a lot more to do with the fact that the theme I have been given is ultimate prayer and worship. Confession. I've only actually been a Christian for about six years, and I'm aware that there are people in this room who've probably been Christians for longer than I've been alive. And so I feel as though I know nothing about ultimate anything when it comes to this whole church, Bible, faith stuff. On my first day of preparing this talk, however, and as I started to delve into this text to spend time with it, I realized just how beautiful a passage this is. I'll admit I did send Dave a text to apologize because the Bible is actually pretty cool. And as I was preparing this talk, and as I'd realized that these words were written on my whiteboard, as much as I feel I don't have a lot to say on ultimate prayer and worship, there's one thing that I do know, and that is that the God that I believe in is awesome. And my hope this morning is that I can help to show you more of who that God is to me, the God who is worthy of it all, for from him are all things and to him are all things, because he deserves the glory. The book of Revelation is the last book in the Bible, and so everything has been leading up this book, and this book holds one of the clearest and most stunning visions of what God's ultimate purposes are for the whole of his creation. In verse 1, John hears the voice of the Lord. And before him was a door standing open in heaven, and there's an epic vision granted to him to see into the heavenly throne room. John is invited to see into a different world. He's granted a kind of behind-the-scenes look into heaven. And not only does he get a foretaste of what's going to happen and how all of that will take place, but he also witnesses heaven as it is at this current moment. In verse 5 of our passage, there are flashes of lightning and rumblings of thunder. And this echoes the wrath of God that we see in the Old Testament. And it shows us that there are things in God's creation that he is dissatisfied with, that there's a brokenness in this world. And I don't think that the world which John is speaking to is all that different from the world that we find ourselves in today. Because our world is full of chaos and corruption it's full of fear and pain, of epidemic and pandemic. Our world as it is, is full of too much and not enough, all at the same time, and not just about toilet roll. Yet alongside this thunder and lightning, in verse 3 we see that there is also a rainbow shining. and we're reminded of the covenant that God made with Noah, all the way back in genesis chapter 9. whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds i will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between god and all living creatures of every kind on the earth and this reminds us that the brokenness that we see before us is contained within god's sovereign purposes For creation. All of this brokenness will eventually be overthrown. He is worthy of it all, and from Him are all things. One of the things that this passage highlights is that all of creation is good. Creation is from God, creation is for God. And creation's dependent on God. Because of that, it all worships him in his own way. One of the things I find really amazing as I've been reading about this passage is the fact that creation worships God just by being. But what I found even more amazing is that as human beings, we understand why we worship. What marks us out as genuine human beings is the ability to say, because. We get to know the one who it is that we worship. We have the capacity to reflect and understand what's going on and give all of that back to the one we worship. Yes, we worship just by being who we are, but we also understand why. I've recently finished reading a book that's probably one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And it is a memoir called Reasons to Stay Alive by an author called Matt Haig. And in this memoir, he reflects upon and journeys with the reader through a time in his life where he was suicidally depressed. Towards the end of this book, in one of the chapters, Matt has collated a bunch of different tweets and Facebook comments that people have sent to them with the hashtag, reasons to stay alive. It was one of these that really struck me. And it said this, because this many atoms won't arrange themselves in this way ever again. It's a one off privilege. So naturally, that got me thinking, well, how many atoms are there actually in your average human adult? So if I could ask Georgia and Dave to help me for a moment, I think it's this way up. Who knows? We'll soon find out. I'm not actually sure how long this is because it didn't fit in my living room. are this many atoms in your average human adult. This is the number seven octillion, which is a seven with 27 zeros after it. I just want us to take a moment to reflect upon the fact that this many atoms had to be perfectly ordered to make you exactly who you are. A couple in the wrong order, and I wouldn't be me anymore. I think there are times when I can feel really tiny. Because I'm just Jess, just one person in P's and G's, In Edinburgh, in Scotland, in the UK, in the European continent, (laughs) in the world, in our solar system, in the Milky Way galaxy, in our universe, I feel tiny, and we are. But this is how significant we are. As I was preparing for this morning, I thought that there may be some of you here who need to know this, that the God who created the entire universe still took the time to perfectly arrange each and every one of your seven octillion atoms to make you exactly who you are And that is exactly who he wants you to be. Thank you, friends. (laughs) That's tidied itself up nicely. You are worthy of it all, for from you are all things. Quite honestly, when I see a number like that, I don't think I give God enough credit. And I certainly don't give sufficient weight to praising him as the creator of all things. But to him are all things. And because created beings, everything we do is worship. In verse 8 of our passage, we see that day and night, the four beasts, and these four beasts represent the whole order of God's animate creation, they never stop praising. And worship is their constant disposition. With their every action, they're offering praise and gratitude and expressing their adoration to God. What John sees in this vision is the eternal and continual worship that's going on in heaven that we get to join in with. And in fact, what John sees is actually what should be going on here on Earth. Because heaven paves the way and Earth should follow. In one of the commentaries that I've read this week, it talked about how all of the eyes that are on these beasts, which are described in verses six to eight of our passage. All of these eyes are to enable them to keep watch over the whole of creation on behalf of God. And initially I found this to be quite a comforting thought, that the gods of love and protection is always watching over me. But then I started to think about this in the context of worship that's when I felt a little bit uneasy. Everything that we do is worship, everything. Not just the stuff that we want God to see. And there's no point in trying to hide the other stuff, he's going to see it anyway. Everything we do is worship. But this idea has kind of come full circle for me this week. And I'm once again finding something comforting in this. Because even though God sees all of the mistakes that we make, he sees the progress that we're making. If every step in our walk with God is worship, what better praise is our progress? Sometimes when I hear talks on whole life worship, I can end up feeling a little bit guilty. Because if I'm honest with you, as I go throughout my day, I can forget about God. I have a bit of um, a chronic introversion problem. Um, And so for Lent this year, what I have taken up is leaving my house every day. And I feel very strange saying that out loud to people, especially when they ask what I'm doing for Lent, because, you know, Lent's about deepening your relationship with God, so what's leaving the house got to do with anything? Um, but for me, it's not uncommon to spend 50 plus hours indoor of a weekend where the only human contact I've had is the pizza delivery man. And I realize that in these times, when I spend that extended time indoors, Not only do I forget what fresh air feels and smells like, but I forget who I am. I forget who God truly is because I'm isolated in my own little bubble with just all of my thoughts and my worldviews to keep me company. So that's why for Lent, I'm leaving the house every day even when I don't want to, and even if that means I do go outside in my pajamas because I'm not gonna leave them otherwise. See, something as simple as leaving the house for God reminds my soul to praise him. I'm comforted by the fact that throughout the whole Bible, God continually has to remind his people who he is I think that's because God himself knows whole life. Worship doesn't just happen. We have to remind ourselves to praise God and point our every action towards him. As I've said, for me, I'm leaving the house every day. But what do you need to do to remind yourself that to him are all things? Because he deserves the glory. One of the ways that I most profoundly meet with God is actually through babysitting. Um, To some of you, that may seem strange that I find looking after other people's kids as um, worship, but to me it is. There's a kind of ongoing joke at the 11 a.m. service that I'm always attached to someone's child, and I actually don't know how I do it. Um, But God's given me this gift to be able to effectively communicate with small humans. And for me, that's worship when I can give that gift back to him by giving harassed parents an evening off. And a little while ago, I was babysitting for Paul, who's one of the associate rectors here at P's and G's, so that he could take his wife out for a birthday dinner. Now, Paul has four kids who are three, five, seven, and nine, and I quite honestly don't know how they do it, because one evening and I'm exhausted for a week. And every time I go around, Smith, who is their seven-year-old, does everything he can to try and wind me up. There have been times when I have arrived at their house and the door has been opened by a small person in a balaclava holding a bow and arrow. He quite likes to show off his ninja moves to me, you know, to try and like pin me down to the couch and scare me, really. Um, But this particular evening, he decided the way he was going to wind me up was by burping everything he said. And I, I don't think this boy realizes that I am infinitely more patient than he is persistent. But also, at this point, something in me was slightly triggered. Because there is a talent I have above all other talents, and that is to burp very loudly. I can't really believe I'm actually telling the story. Um, <laughs> So, he had decided he was going to burp the alphabet to me, and at that point I said, come on kid, you think that's impressive? Just wait and see. So we went to the kitchen, I downed some fizzy juice and proceeded to do the loudest, longest, largest belch I could, right in this little boy's face. (laughs) To which, he just stepped back, eyes wide open, jaw dropped and said, That was amazing. (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) Now, it's highly unlikely that any of you would appreciate me burping in your face, unless you are, in fact, a seven-year-old boy. But his reaction really struck something in me. Because when was the last time I had that reaction to something? When was the last time I was filled with that much childlike awe and wonder. When was the last time I witnessed something and it amazed me so much, I couldn't help but say, that was amazing. Do it again, do it again, do it again. And so as I've been preparing for today, this week I've tried to make it my mission to notice the small things and be amazed by them. This week I've been amazed at the fact that we can hold scalding hot liquid in our hands because someone invented mugs. I've been amazed at the fact that glasses enable us to see clearly. I've been amazed at the fact that when I took a slice of bread out the freezer to make a piece of toast, the ice on it glittered. How amazing is that? On my walk to work, I saw the way that daffodils and crocuses were growing up in clusters, so they're never alone. I've also noticed the way that there's nothing we can do to stop creation, because grass and weeds are managing to grow up even in the tiniest crack in paving stones. And so this is the challenge that I want to leave you with this morning. Because to me, ultimate prayer and worship is exactly that. It's stopping and paying attention. It's noticing the small things. It's noticing the way that God is at work in even the tiniest moments of our everyday life. There is never-ending worship going on in heaven and in the noticing I'm trying to join in with that and I wonder if you will join me too as you try to dedicate even your smallest moments to God because he's worthy of it all for from him are all things and to him are all things. He deserves the glory.